Hey, Think Squad, Joel Sedeckes here, host of the Think Pod. And what you're about to hear is part two of the conversation that Caldoun Swice, Micah Morgan, and I had with Pastor Matt Truella. Pastor Matt Truella is the pastor of Mercy Seat Christian Church. He's a graduate of Valley Forge Christian College, and he and his wife, Clara, have 11 children and nine grandchildren. They reside in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, and his research and teaching on the Lesser Magistrate Doctrine is reshaping the thinking of the American church. He can be reached at lessermagistrate.com, and I hope you enjoy this part two of our conversation with Pastor Matt Truella on the challenge of government tyranny. My name is Joel Sedeckes. In 2009, I left my job in the business world to teach Bible at a Christian high school in Chicago. Impacted by my students' questions, I set out on a journey that brought me first to seminary to study apologetics and philosophy of religion, and then into pastoral ministry. As a pastor, I saw firsthand the struggle of believers confronted with questions of life that at first seemed impossible to answer, and the powerful confidence that came when they saw how God's Word gives the answers and guidance they needed. I had a dream to spread that message and equip more followers of Jesus, so my family and I joined Crew and launched the Think Institute. Now, I'm on a mission to equip believers to explain, share, and defend the Christian message by applying timeless biblical truths to current cultural challenges. I don't have all the answers, but I'm determined to find them. And through this show, I'm reporting back to you, the Think Squad, what I discover. Welcome to the Think Podcast. Really quickly before we start, learning how to interpret all of life through the lens of God's Word takes a lot of work, more than just one or two podcast episodes a week. If you have an interest in the intersection between the biblical worldview and biblical manhood and current events, as I do, as well as philosophy, theology, and many, many leather-bound books, consider joining our free online community, the Think Squad group on Facebook, Gab, and on Signal. There you can join hundreds of other Christ followers who are also on the same journey, and we trade apologetic stories and strategies, we discuss philosophy and theological questions. It's like a huge bull session around a bonfire in your backyard or at your favorite cigar lounge. So check out the Think Squad group on Facebook, Gab, and Signal. There are a lot of historical examples that you cite in your book. There's no way we have time to to go over them in great detail now, but one of the things that struck me in these historical examples that you mentioned, and you already mentioned Magdeburg, but there are other examples as well, is when these lesser magistrates do stand up, they that action does seem to be blessed by God, such that it typically does tend to start a larger movement. I mean, you mentioned the the Reformation, the fate of the Reformation, in a lot of ways, hung on what happened at Magdeburg, one small little city that, dare I say, most people who have heard of the Reformation have never heard of Magdeburg, not, not in today's world. And there are other examples. The, the county in Illinois, the count, Newton County in Missouri, why, why is it that these little actions do seem to have such outsized impact. Why do you think that is? 
Yeah, well, it, and, and it does have a huge impact. Um, in fact, Ezekiel 22, verses 26 through 31, um, the Lord talks about how the great governments are messed up. Family and self-governments messed up. Church governments messed up. Civil governments messed up. He's going to bring his judgment upon the land, he says, because he could find no one to stand in the gap. And he was appealing most um, to the civil authorities there than the others. And um, so understand this. The interposition of the civil authorities, the lesser authorities, is so important, it can actually abate the just judgment of God. When the superior authorities bring evil in the land, the lesser authorities' duty, again, isn't blithe compliance. Their duty is interposition, and that interposition can actually um, abate the just judgment of God in the land because the evil stopped. Very important. Um, one of the things I've learned, uh, Joel, is that men lack courage. And that's why I believe the book that I wrote is very important because it gives people theology, and I believe theology is what gives men the grit to stand against tyrants, to, to confront tyrants, and to stand against them. And so when you read my book, you'll notice that, and I, I hear from unbelievers all the time who've read my book, and um, my book has been used to help many unbelievers move towards Christ. Um, some it was the starting point where they eventually have come to know Christ. Um, and I've also seen uh, many churchmen have contacted me who the vast majority of churchmen think we should have nothing to do with civil government matters. After reading my book, they were able to see, no, my Christianity does have something to say about civil government matters. And that is the truth because God's word and law speaks to all matters of life, including matters of civil government. But here's the biggest thing that you're up against is cowardice. Cowardice. And so that's why it's important that um, people do run for office because I'll tell you, I've interacted with the magistrates all the time for years at all levels now, last several years. And most of them, even the Christian ones, it's all about just being a rubber stamp for the federal government, a rubber stamp for the state government or whatever. They're all concerned about getting reelected, about their careers, about being liked. Their interest is not doing right in the sight of Christ and doing right by their neighbor. Their duty is all about, and even the Christian ones, their thinking is no different than their secular colleagues. And I blame that first and foremost as a churchman. I blame that on the churchman because, again, they have not addressed the matters of civil government from the word of God. That theology is massively important for people to take a stand. And this has been practiced down, for the, down through the ages. And I do use um, several examples in my book. I kept the book at 135 pages. You have no idea how painful that was <laughs> because I wanted it to get read. And I know if you hand somebody a book this thick, it's not going to get read by the vast majority. I wanted it to be read at a popular level, and it has been, and it's impacted so many lives to which I give praise to Christ for because um, that book has gone so much farther than I ever envisioned that it would. And it's impacting so many people's lives, both Christian and non-Christian. Yes. I second that. Thank you for the work. Uh, I, the thing that you just mentioned regarding fear is just so critical. Thank you for pointing that out. 
and that is greater pandemic than anything we've ever faced here. Uh, the the fear is that the fear of the, the virus is more dangerous than the actual virus itself, in, in my estimation. Mm-hmm. First Timothy or Second Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and power, or self control, depending on your version. I found that to be incredibly empowering for us to encourage others in that regard. If I may ask you, you said the um, the pandemic has been based on lies, and there are different venues and nuances of what that actually means. Uh, what can you unpack? What you meant by that? Sure. Um... I preached my first sermon in opposition to all that was going on 11 days after Trump announced the national emergency. And um, if people go to YouTube and type in Matt Chuella, just type in Matt Chuella to take you to my thing. You can listen to my sermons. And I'm an expositional preacher. I go through books at a time, but then I break it up with topical sermons. And when things need to be addressed, within culture and society. Again, I believe God's word speaks to every matter of life. So I address those things and make sound application um, to the very things that we have to encounter. So in those sermons, I go through and I give long lists in several of the sermons um, of all the lies that have taken place. Like at the beginning, for example, let's go all the way back to the beginning. They said it would be two weeks, right? Just so we, dead in the curve okay it wasn't two weeks they never intended it to be just two weeks um two weeks soon became two months and now we're on two years it'll never end you can never appease a tyrant you must confront them we all learned that out on the school play yard right when the bully showed up if you comply with the bully the bully's going to bully you more yeah if you take a stand against the bully the bully will leave you alone i know that from personal experience it's with that way with these tyrants. You cannot appease them. You must confront them. You must defeat them. Their evil will not go away until you do so. Yeah. So that's, that's just one example. The numbers that they were running, you know, the whole thing of COVID, uh, death by COVID and death with COVID, <laughs> you know. And so they elevated the numbers greatly by including um, not just death by COVID, but death with COVID. We didn't even have um, of any flu last year, even though there's usually hundreds of thousands of cases and 40,000 deaths just from the flu each year. In fact, ABC News, which are huge propagators of the narrative of this fiction upon the American people, ran an article about a week and a half ago entitled, um, the flu has returned after taking a break for a year. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. And it's like, how do yeah. people see this? Um, the masking, you know, that you think that something that was created in a lab where people are wearing like space outfits, you know, <laughs> to protect themselves. You think your dopey little mask is actually going... You know, scientists have compared it to putting up a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, it's just built upon a mountain of lies. And I've documented these things um, in many of the sermons that I've done. That's good. Um, Yeah, it's one thing, uh, just a quick 
I have a, do have a question, but one thing to share. Um, my dad pointed out the other day, he said, uh, what did he say? Um, it's funny that we haven't seen much on hand washing uh, in a while, because that was like a big thing. If you guys remember, like once every, you know, social distancing, making sure you wash your hands, wear the mask. But then like with all, once the vaccines sort of show up, up, oh, yeah, forget hand washing. You got the vaccine now. And like my, my, my opinion, or I guess theory on that is hand washing is harder to control. Like the vaccine, you got a card, the mask, you can visually see it on somebody, you know, hand washing. I mean, if that was, which, you know, I believe is um, crucially important just on a, as a daily habit of washing hands. Um, you think they would have guards outside every public bathroom, Wait, wash your hands, you know? And I've been in enough of them where I know people are just, they're walking right out the door and yeah. you know, whatever. So I, I just, I just think, I just thought that was uh, just interesting. My dad made that comment. Um, so one, one thing that, that did come up. So, um, you know, we talked about, uh, 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 cowardice or, you know, people not having enough courage to stand up. So, you know, that's in my experience is because of fear. So for those, um, and, and I mean, I even include myself and my family, um, you know, uh, when the, the, just like the, simply the fear of somebody calling us out, you know, you need to wear your mask or you can't, uh, you can't go to these places anymore without, without a, a vaccine passport or, or whatever, you know, uh, whatever they're calling this thing. Um, I it's what's the word of encouragement there? Because I think that's the, the majority is lives in this state of uh, fear where they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be confronted. They just want to comply and just the status quo and, yeah. um, you know, not, not cause a conflict and potentially lose their job or well, what have you. Um, I know a lot of places are moving towards that. Or just face have. the awkwardness of being called out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The road to tyranny is always paved with um, a thousand little kindnesses, right? <laughs> I think the important thing is that we understand how great the evil is here. Therefore, once you understand just how great it is, you see it from a different perspective that you have a duty in order to stand against it and to not just comply. I'll tell you like when things really got hot and heavy during the um, summer of 2020, I just started telling people, you know, if they asked me about my mask, I'd say, oh, I have a medical condition. They would never ask you, but my medical condition was I like to breathe, <laughs> you know, if they would have asked me. Um, but I quit using that after a couple of months. Hmm. And I just said, no, I just, when they said, you know, you have to have a mask on, I said, we don't wear masks. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't wear a mask. And usually nobody would say anything to you. They'd let you go right through um, that type of thing. You'd be the only one around nine times out of 10 without a mask. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd see one, someone without one also. Um, so I think it's a matter of understanding just how great this evil is and how pernicious it is, how insidious it is. When you look at like what happened to the Jews, for example, it didn't start with them being told, Hey, get on the boxcars you're headed to the death camp, right? No, it started with something as innocuous as the very first laws. 
years before the boxcars as if you're a Jew, you can't sit on a public park bench. Right. Well, the Jews were like, well, it's okay. And they accommodated themselves to that. And then it was another thing. You can't go to a theater. And they accommodated themselves. There was a thousand accommodations that they made to the evil before they got to the boxcars. When you understand where this thing is headed and how tyranny is built, it's built plank by plank, you understand you have a duty to make a stand against it. And I think that gives you um, the right frame of mind and the strength to make a stand. My daughter, one of my daughters broke her finger. It took us nine days and you wouldn't believe what we went through to get into a doctor's office in order for it to get looked at without a mask on because we're committed not to put a mask on. Yeah. Her finger's fine now, by the way, and everything like that. Good. And we finally did get to see a specialist um, and it was fine um, regarding her situation. Um, she just had to wait till it healed and all that. Um, but we had already been committed that if we can't find a doctor, then we will just pray and trust God because we are committed not to put the mask on because we know it's a tool of control. Hmm. It's a tool of conditioning and they want you to put it on. And it's so ridiculous. Put it on from here to that chair that you're going to eat. <laughs> at. Put it on from here. Yeah, it, it goes on and on. So it, I think it's extremely important for us not to comply. And um, I lost my train of thought, but I was going somewhere with all that. Yeah, that's um, good. Matt, why are they so hell-bent on us getting this shot? What is it about? Is it the shot? Is it something in the shot? Is it Because it doesn't matter which brand, which company you get it from, as long yes. as you get the shot. What is it about this shot that makes them so hell-bent on everyone getting it and complying? Yeah. I think that's what everybody would like to know. <laughs> it's like, um, again, I, I don't want, I'm not getting it just because I see that they want me to get it so badly. <laughs> right. And they're willing to go through these lengths. They're actually denying people health care, um, yeah. you know, treatment at hospitals and doctor's offices because yeah. they won't comply with it. Think how evil that is. And healthcare, supposedly, according to these people, is a human right. That's what they were saying just a couple of years ago. Right. So now it's like, if you're not vaccinated, yeah, you deserve to die off on the side corner here. I guess and, you're not human. Yep. And that's one of the reasons, like, our church, and this is happening across the country, we're building Christian medical structures. Hmm. Some of the people in our congregation who are in the medical field have lost their jobs um, or walked away from them because of what they've seen and also because they wouldn't get the um, shot and so they were removed a couple of them were actually removed because they refused to follow all the nonsensical masking things that were going on at the hospital they worked at and um, so we're building Christian medical structures here and there's a gentleman I know who runs a cash only medical outfit it's been the only one for the last five years around here he just opened the sixth one two weeks ago because there's these doctors and nurses who want to continue to practice, but not in that, not in the medical industry paradigm. They see the evil that it is, mm. how they're being used, you know, these protocols and labels they follow in order to get all kinds of money. This is all documented stuff. Yeah. 
You know, um, Robert Malone did a three-hour interview. He's one of the guys who was involved in this, you know, uh, RNA, um, getting it developed. And he got two of the shots, and now he's sounding the alarm about, this is crazy what's going on. He just got thrown off Twitter two weeks ago. This is a guy who spent his whole life in this. And another thing I want to mention, at the beginning of all this, I found epidemiologists and um, virologists, you could find them everywhere, scientists, doctors, all debunking this narrative in the first week, two weeks, first two months of this whole thing, starting back in 2020. And then the tech companies started censoring them. Hmm. Very difficult now to get an alternative thought. They want everyone fed just one narrative, and that's their narrative. So anyways, it's um, extremely important that people do a little research and look into this um, themselves. In that interview that um, Dr. Malone did with Joe Rogan, Malone mentions this fantastic video. And I know most people wouldn't catch it, but I catch stuff like that. Hmm. He talked about the Canadian COVID Care Alliance. Get that. Canadian COVID Care Alliance. Just look that up on Rumble or somewhere. It's removed at YouTube. <laughs> um, but you can still find it. He said it's a fantastic video that succincts what's been going on here for the last two years. And the lies, going back to the lies again, the lies they've been telling people about this. So it starts a little slow, but I'm telling you, if you make it to the fourth minute of that video, you will be hooked. And next thing you know, 40 minutes has gone by. It's a 40 minute video. I can't encourage people to watch that strongly enough. Uh, so my my, uh, my final question here, I know we're running out of time here, but thank you for sure. what you shared. I know uh, the, Joe Rogan did a recent interview with a few other medical personnel that was removed also from Twitter and YouTube. And this is actually a red flag for anyone who values uh, information from the consenting and those who dis who are not consenting because when you are crushing the opposition, it makes you question what is the general narrative afraid of? And that is uh, something that we definitely need to focus and give our attention to. But nevertheless, my question is based on a utilitarian perspective. The, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and that is general uh, dangerous one, of course, in historical precedent. However, the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, the Federal Drug Administration, and major other organizations around the world have endorsed this narrative. And generally speaking, we have trusted them with issues like diabetes, cardiology, and even things like um, how to deal with geriatric aging and things of that nature. Generally, the information they have been producing has been backed up with peer-reviewed research. Um, it, it seems pu pushing the, uh, the envelope here, Pastor Matt, if I may, say that all these groups are involved in some kind of clandestine world order to crush us and lie. It's mm. really pushing that and saying all of these people are, maybe some of them, but how do you address yeah. that uh, yeah, perspective for that question? Yeah, um, A, they're politicized. All these organizations are politicized, every one of them. Secondly, the amount of money tied to all of this has been massive. I mean, they've bought off the government officials by giving them huge sums of money to play with. They've bought off the businessmen, giving them 
money in order to follow all this stuff. The churchmen have been bought off. Not only did 95% of the churches shut down because the government said they had, they were supposed to, um, but over $14 billion churches and Christian organizations have taken since this began. Last I looked, which was about eight months ago, over $14 billion. So not only did the churchmen play the traitor to Christ and shut down their churches, which in the past, the history of churchmen has been to actually keep the state from entering the church. Now the state bars entrance to the church to keep the churchmen out. So not only have they played the traitor, but they've also played the whore. They've taken money for teaching their Christian people to follow all this evil, to put masks on, stay six feet apart, put little gooey stuff on their hands. That is what they've aided and abetted the tyrants and the evil that they're trying to accomplish. And the third thing I would say about your thing is that you have to understand people involved in those type of organizations are very career minded people. And this is just a common trait amongst man. He thinks overwhelmingly of only three things on the planet, me, myself, and I. And that's exactly what is happening with these organizations. You look at the tyranny of Hitler, you look at the tyranny of Stalin, you look at the tyranny of Pol Pot, you look at the tyranny of men down through the ages, from the Babylonians all the way up to the present. And what you see is that people go along to get along. What you see is that people comply and only worry about themselves, and as long as their ox is in cord, they keep their mouths shut and they comply. People wonder, how did Hitler pull, how, pull it off? How did Stalin pull it off? You're living in the midst of it right now. This is how they pulled it off. Your compliance. Who's the, you, who's the Hitler and Stalin here, though? Who's the one pulling the strings? That's the worst thing of all. It seems to be very wealthy elitists. You can go to the World Economic Council, I believe it's called. Forum? World, the World Economic Forum? Forum? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and their website has had it since the beginning. We did videos on this, you know, in March of 2020 and April of 2020. COVID's at the center and how they're going to change the whole world. These are very wealthy people. And what they hide behind is bureaucracies. You know, we don't have kings anymore where we can lop off their head when they do evil. We don't have, you know, governors. They're all hiding behind bureaucracy. This you know, faceless bureaucracy is how they're able to get their evil down in the fabric of society. Mm. And what stops them from getting their evil down in the fabric of society is the interposition of those in power and authority in order to stop it. The lesser authorities, state officials, even federal officials, if they want to do right, um, county and local officials. Pastor Matt, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for I mean, this is this is like drinking from a fire hose here because <laughs> you've got so much information. Um, I just want to recommend to all of our listeners if you have not yet read the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matt Truhella, go check it out. And I think you can get it on Amazon. I think right, or should they go to yeah. your website? You can go to Amazon and get it there. Um, or you can go to our website, defytyrants.com. If you buy it there, we add a couple extra things into it that you won't get from an Amazon order. Okay. And um, I got to know, so far you've done two of these county before country 
events. When's the next one going to be? Yeah, that's great, right? Actually, it's Michael Foster, the pastor out in Ohio, who came up with this title, this idea. And when I heard it, I was right away on fire. I thought, yeah. that is awesome. And I, we didn't even get to all the stuff about localism. <laughs> you know, that's true. Family and everything, but we can do that. Um, but um, I was like, right away, I told everybody at that gathering out in Ohio, I said, this needs to be replicated everywhere across the country we got great response for what we did our express talks 15 minute talks on those six five by the way if your listeners want to see what the talks the talks are going to start being released um next week uh january 10th and um they can go to countybeforecountry.org countybeforecountry.org in order to see um those talks and i forget what michael's um website is for the county before country that he did out there in Ohio. But we had so we have so many people who are like, oh, can you come and do it in our area? We can't. (laughs) Already have way too much on our plate. But what we are doing is putting together a template to show people what we did and then they can take it, learn from what they want, and then improvise to do it however it works best in their area. Because I think it needs to happen um, across the country. And these thoughts need especially bringing christian thought to bear upon these matters i think is extremely important it'll be great to have one of these here uh, and get one started here in our local area yeah yeah Yeah. um as we bring this to a close pastor matt what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and to follow your work um sure if they go to defytyrants.com um they can email me uh, my email is matt at lessermagistrate.com. Matt at lessermagistrate.com. Um, you can go to our church website if you want to check that out, mercyseat.net, mercyseat.net. And um, then, of course, countybeforecountry.org. And then um, we have, um, I've been, we've been censored both in the sermons. Some of my sermons aren't up there because they've been censored. Um, by YouTube and Defy Tyrants has been censored by YouTube a couple of times, but we're still there. So we have a Defy Tyrants channel and a Matt Truella channel at YouTube. We have a Defy Tyrants and a Mercy Seat channel now at um, Rumble. And I'm at Gab also. Please stick around after we bring things to a close here because I have a quick question for you. But sure. uh, Pastor Matt, thanks again so much for joining us. And uh, can't wait to till your next event and really appreciate the work you're doing. So God bless you, brother. God bless you. And thank you. And really enjoyed the time with all you brothers. God bless. Thanks, Chris. God bless you. Okay. That about wraps it up for this episode. The Think Podcast is a production of the Think Institute and is produced by yours truly, Joel Sedeckes. The Think Institute operates under Church Movements, a ministry of crew under the division of Crew City. To learn about how to support the Think Institute and my family tax-free, go to thethink.institute slash partner. I hope you heard something helpful today. I know I did. Remember, this is not goodbye. This has just been a short stop on the journey as we learn to lead our families in defending the Christian message. And we'll see you next time. Until then, I hope it made you think. (music) 